Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've listening to I Work For Him, and we're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We are. We're so thankful for you for tuning in today. And it's just kind of funny, Jim, you were emphasizing the word all. And I just was thinking about all the things that they can find on our website. I know I sound like a broken record, but um, everything that we do is out there on the website. Um, you can even find our Facebook lives and stuff. Our feed is right there on our website, iworkforhim.com. So go check it out and uh, connect with us. If you want to giggle, just listen to some of our Facebook lives. Let's hope it makes them giggle. <laughs> That's right. You know, today we're once again broadcasting in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, courtesy of a partnership between I Work For Him, the Pocket Testament League, and Don Hoover from the president and CEO of Binkley and Hearst right here in Lancaster County. And just this whole thing, Pocket Testament League is what brought us together. And the Pocket Testament League is designed to help you get the Word of God easily into the hands of people who desperately need to read the Word of God. So mm-hmm. check them out online, ptl.org. Don Hoover, you have told us about Jeff Rutt. You've told us that he, not only at Keystone Custom Homes, what an incredible work they're doing, but his work with Hope International is something that everybody needs to hear about. Give us a little preview before we bring Jeff into the studio. What are we going to hear about today? Well, I'm not sure how much time we're going to have, but Jeff Root has quite a story. I learned to know Jeff first probably about 35 years ago, right when I started uh, my involvement here at this business, um, as a dairy farmer. He lived on a dairy farm in the southern part of the county here in in, uh, eastern Pennsylvania, and uh, just kind of doing what dairy farmers did. God got a hold of him, inspired him to think bigger. He began to expand his horizons and, and look at some options and possibilities. Um, he told me recently that his company has built something around 7,000 homes in this area, northern uh, Maryland and around the Lancaster County, southeastern part of Pennsylvania. Uh, so he's been building homes and then extended that to uh, just having a real philanthropic interest in serving the nations, really. And uh, so he's got this amazing, amazing thing that would be worth checking out. Uh, it's called Hope International and just great way to uh, – a great way to meet the needs of people around the world and and teach them responsibility, not just teaching them, not just giving them the proverbial fish, but teaching them to fish. Well, and it, not only teaching, giving them, not just giving them fish, not just teaching them how to fish, but teaching them how to sell their fish. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it, I mean, that's really what Hope International is all save. about. And save. And save as well. And, and take the profits and save and invest. I mean, this story of Hope International that we're going to hear from Jeff Root today is going to be amazing. It really is. You know, all of this made possible because of a partnership between I Work For Him and Don Hoover and the Pocket Testament League. The Pocket Testament League makes it easy for you and me to get the Word of God into the hands of coworkers, employees, neighbors, and friends. Check them out online, ptl.org, ptl.org. You know, business is God's idea. The economy, finance, money, the trading of goods, all God's idea. So why do we tend to put business people in one box and ministry people in another? Well, if there's one thing, if there's one thing I know I will strive to eliminate in my lifetime, it's the tendency for us to do that, to build the separation of our faith and work. I want to eliminate it. It's not biblical. It's not practical. And if we're to accomplish the mission that Jesus put before us in Matthew 28, we have to We have to decimate that separation of our faith and work. We're called, we are all called to reach the masses. Most of them will never go to church, so we need to meet them in the workplaces of our country. 
So what if you're a gifted businessman and you want to take that expertise and help others to start businesses on their own? What does that look like? What does it feel like? How is it economically feasible? Today, we get a chance to talk to successful businessman Jeff Rutt with Keystone Custom Homes. Jeff has been building custom homes for decades in central Pennsylvania, and now he's helping others around the world to experience flourishing through the starting of their own businesses. He's impacting people in over 16 countries, and who knows what's next. Hmm. Let's hear it from him. Jeff Root, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. All right, so I want to dig right into this. You've got this amazing business, Keystone Custom Homes, but you share with us off the air that you started off a dairy farmer, which is perhaps next to being a single mom and maybe a God, middle school teacher, being a, uh, a dairy farmer is a tough job because you never get a day off. How did God move you to being a custom builder? And at what point in time did you realize that being a custom builder was really a ministry, a business tree? A business tree. Yeah, that's a great term. Well, I had, I've always been interested in missions uh, growing up in a Christian family and um, our family actually lived in Costa Rica for a year, did some mission work there. So I think uh, when I was 10, so I think at a young age, I was exposed to uh, some mission work. But uh, milking cows 365 days a year, seven days a week, almost 24, twice a day, twi- twice a day every day, mm-hmm. uh, didn't have many chances to get exposed to uh, short-term missions trips or you know uh, missions around the world in general. But through our church, I uh, became very interested in it, and uh, at a young age, I actually got uh, recruited to be on our missions committee at our church, and I remember at 18, standing up and contesting the uh, the expenditure the church was going to make for carpet, new carpet, and saying, do we really need new carpet, or wouldn't this, these resources be better used for uh, mission mm-hmm. work around the world? And uh, so always a little bit of a rebel. Says the guy who today drives a 2007 Toyota Camry with 293,000 miles on it. You've lived that out for a lot of years. That is just amazing. You know, so so God already was working. It, I mean, he made you unique and you saw some things that you wanted to do with your life. So as a you went from a dairy farmer, became a custom home builder, and you didn't just stop there. Um, so I think it's important for our listeners to hear what your this the custom home business is and then what God has birthed out of that as well. So get us up to speed. Yeah. So as a, a, it turns out that uh, 300 bovines can be really needy and uh, <laughs> decided to get into something a That's little bit more. That's cows for those of you that don't live in cow country. Uh, so decided to get into... Uh, real estate, which is another story, and eventually mm-hmm. home building, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, God was really uh, showing me a lot of needs around the world through short-term missions trips once I had that opportunity to do some traveling and started uh, seeing a lot of ministries uh, in the way they worked, both through evangelism and through just giving stuff, building homes and giving people money, clothing around the world. But I just I wasn't really seeing the effectiveness of that. Uh, as a matter of fact, our church group uh, was sending containers of food and flour and canned meat and some medical supplies to a small group of people in Zaporozhye, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought we knew that this was what was best for them. As a matter of fact, um, we thought we were 
just helping them in the best way we possibly could until about three years into that five-year pattern of sending containers of flour, uh, the pastor of that church pulled me aside and said, look, we really appreciate what you're doing and your intentions are amazing, but your helping is actually hurting us. Mm. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but we pretty much broke every rule of uh, what Robert Lupton talks about in his book, Toxic Charity, the the five levels of toxic charity. We get that first gift of flour. We created appreciation. The second year we sent that, there was anticipation. The third year, there was expectation. Fourth year, entitlement. And fifth year, dependency. Mm-hmm. So we had broken all the rules, and we didn't even know what the rules were. You were the poster child we for We were that, the poster right? child. <laughs> we, were a, we were toxic charity addicts. Mm. Uh, but sent, you know, it sent us on a journey to really look at what would work and would really help restore dignity in families' lives around the world. And uh, we ended up finding about Christ-centered microfinance. Well, and, and, and our Heavenly Father gave us work so that we could flourish. I mean, he gave Adam and Eve work in the garden long before sin. He gave Adam the job of naming every animal. And he said, I'll bring the animals to you and you can name them. He was involved in Adam's work. And, and we forget, a lot of people, when they think of work, they think, well, that happened after the fall. Like, that was a penalty for sin. But that's mm-hmm. not true. Work is supposed to be a gift. Work is supposed to help us flourish. Work, work is supposed to help. I mean, God gave us work to stay out of trouble in a lot of ways. But it's that attitude and, and understanding that really makes a difference when you start to see people suffering in poverty around the globe. And in, in the United States, a lot of them just don't have work. Or they've never been taught how to work, or they've never. T- so, how did you, as Keystone Custom Homes CEO, how did you then make that jump from I'm building custom homes in Pennsylvania to helping businesses around the world? So, I found out about the model through uh, other organizations who were doing similar type of uh, work in other parts of the world uh, through microfinance and. Not many of them were doing Christ-centered microfinance, and mm-hmm. I just think and that's, a, that's a whole other piece of this that I think is um, a, a big miss. If you have this opportunity and this platform to really come alongside of that family, like we were sending con- uh, flour, uh, containers of flour to, and really saying to that person, if, if you just step aside, we, we got this. We'll take care of you. Uh, we, we, uh, we don't think you're competent or you mm-hmm. don't have the capacity God hasn't gifted you with talent, skills, or abilities. We'll, we'll come in and we'll be the hero and we'll, we'll save you. Uh, but we, we, take, we take away that dignity and that gift of them being able to use their skills. And it all comes down to the local leadership. And, and when we sent the containers of flour, we thought we knew. When we sent, and we, we actually, there was one step in between there where we took a, uh, we decided that, the next step would be we would uh, give them a sunflower seed processor. And uh, there's a whole other story there, but we didn't consult with the local leaders and say, do you think a sunflower seed processor would work? We, we in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, thought we had the answer for Zaporozhye, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. What we found that we, what we learned through the years was tapping into the, the wisdom, the knowledge, knowing who to trust, Knowing the cultures, the uh, the uh, what is happening locally is so so important. Once you tap into that, and then put that together with a the model of Christ Center Microfinance, where there's some training, 
some group solidarity lending and then the accountability in small groups and allowing them to work their way out of poverty is just it's so there's so much dignity there. So I want to remind our listeners, we are talking with Jeff Ritt um, from Keystone Custom Homes and Hope International. And we, there is no possible way that we can cover everything that you and your vision and um, you and God together with all of your people are doing. Where is somewhere that people can look online if they want to learn more and, and get kind of, you know, a, a little bit deeper into this conversation if we don't get to touch on everything? I would really encourage you to just go to hopeinternational.org okay. and go right to the Hope videos page. Okay. There's probably 20 three-minute videos of our clients, of how it works. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, mm. lot of things that, that can bring you up to speed very quickly. Awesome. So here in your um, building where you have your office, you have a design center for your custom homes, which is amazing. Um, multiple we kitchen. We decided we're going to move in. We're just going to move into the design center. But, <laughs> you know, we, shower so might if be I want to if I wanna okay. cook in the white tile kitchen or the gray, you know, I can take my pick out there. But, um, but also upstairs, you have a little tour that people can go through and kind of get a, a glimpse into the vision behind Hope International. So um, it's just amazing because you've given a visual behind in both of these places here in your business um, for people to be able to see if they're here, um, what God is doing. So um, I just want you to maybe tell our listeners a little bit about the connection because you've got this custom home building business. You've got um, microfinance stuff you're doing globally. How do they connect? How, how did you, how do you make that connection and how do you get your employees here to um, make the connection to what you're doing globally? Yeah. So very succinctly, there's two ways uh, through our Homes for Hope sister organization uh, that's probably generated uh, over $12 million to Hope International. And the, the main focus of our Homes for Hope organization is to build charity homes locally, whether that's in Chicago, Dallas, Raleigh, North Carolina, or here in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And those homes are, are built just like any other home. It's not, uh, it's not a a home for uh, the you know a recovering person here. It's a it's a home that's built just a standard market rate home, but we have our trade contractors and vendors and the builders themselves will donate or discount their costs going in, and then the net proceeds go to Hope International. So this year we're going to probably generate about 1.2 million dollars towards Hope International that will go to help mm. more of our families around the world. But it, the, the cool part about that is that the trade contractors a lot of times can really relate to the individuals that are being helped around the world. Somebody gave them a break at some point, yeah. and they are working hard. They're swinging a hammer. They're, we call it drywalling for Jesus. They're, and they feel really good about what they can do gift in kind. Instead of writing a check, they can do what they normally do on a day-to-day basis and use their talents and skills to leverage the talents and skills of mm. a family around the world. So that's the one way. So check out, that's also, if you go to yeah. uh, uh, homesforhope.org, uh, dot, homesforhope. okay. I'll confirm that before the end of the, the uh, <laughs> broadcast. Okay. Uh, I don't look it up too often. And then the other way is um, we recently, uh, back in March, gave uh, 89% of our non-voting stock to the National Christian Foundation Charitable Trust. So... At our company, 
89% of the profits go to charity. So it's another way that we can tangibly give, and it's through it's a donor-advised fund. I would encourage anyone who's not familiar with uh, all the things you can do through the National Christian Foundation. NCFgiving.com. NCFgiving.com. To check it out, we could do another a whole other broadcast on that, right, Or Jim? two, or three. I mean, <laughs> the, the creativity on their team to help maximize giving and minimize taxation is breathtaking. Keystone Custom Homes, Hope International, homesforhope.org. Jeff, you are taking profits from your business here, projects that you guys are doing to raise money here, and you're sending it overseas. How does this work? Can you, can you give us some stories to... Tell us how it's really working. Absolutely. So let me give you a, a quick example of how microfinance works in general, and then we'll back up. But uh, my daughter and I had the chance to meet a young woman in Burundi named Anastasia, who was not going to be able to send both of her young girls to school. She was going to have to choose which mm-hmm. one of those girls were, was going to have to go to school. We just don't think that should be the case for any of us, right? And uh, she had an idea, though, that she could start a small business leasing chairs out to young couples getting married now if that i don't know about you but i didn't think that was that great of an idea you're you're in the third poorest country in the world burundi and you're going to buy chairs fortunately for her anastasia's loan officer who is a hope loan officer our loan officers have the what we say the head of a banker heart of a pastor and a soul of a missionary said yes that's actually a good idea weddings are four days long people need places Mm -hmm. to sit down and there's a shortage right now. She bought 20 chairs, got a $20 loan. She wasn't interested in toxic charity, didn't want anybody giving her a handout. Mm-hmm. And if we would have given her $20, it would have been gone, you know, very quickly and wouldn't have had any long-term effect. But fast forward to today, Anastasia has 200 chairs, 200 place settings, 200 baskets, and three wedding dresses, a small, medium, and large that she leases out to these couples getting married. And her dream is that those two little girls will someday go to the university there in Bujumbura, Burundi. And I believe they will. Wow. So you made a loan. She had to pay it back. She paid it back. And then she she got a a larger loan and just continued to build her business to the point where she uh, was, she's extremely successful in her community and is an amazing example for her girls and other folks in the community. So I want to give you one other example. Okay, so do. we in uh, uh, in we were in uh, Kigali, Rwanda. Um, another daughter, my other daughter, and I had met uh, a bunch of our clients there. It's always amazing, so much fun to meet clients, and a lot of clients excited about their families thriving with their tiny businesses. But there were two Muslim women in the one group that we were in that were very uh, skeptical about the 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 welcome worship word work and wrap up, particularly the the worship and the word part of our, our program, but they really wanted their loans for the, their sneaker businesses. And we, we do not discriminate. You know, if you want a loan and you qualify for the loan, we're giving you a loan, but our, we we're highly motivated to reach uh, families with the gospel and dis- disciple them through this platform, which is amazing. So these two Muslim women came in, got their loans, but they would sit on the porch while the we the rest of the group was worshiping and going through the word but eventually as you can imagine through that year through that first year these two muslim women got loved in mm. first into the singing the prayer time and then you know studying god's word and through that by the end of that year those two muslim women came to christ so that 
is just a to me, like I said earlier, it just seems to me such a waste to not have that opportunity when you're using the platform of microfinance. Right. With our 40 seconds we have left, talk about how can business owners come alongside you and Hope International to start repeating this exponentially across the country? Because they don't need to reproduce wheel and figure out how to do it. How can they come alongside you to do this? There's a lot of ways. I would encourage you to go to our website, reach out to us, whether it's $100. Hopeinternational.org. Hopeinternational.org. If it's $100 or a $1 million, take what God is already doing and multiply it. You guys already have the infrastructure in place, the people in place. You can multiply the dollars if they'll give them to you. Absolutely. All right. So they can find you online, hopeinternational.org, Hope for the number four, homes.org, homes.org as well. Jeff Root, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him. I know it wasn't enough time, but you just gave us enough of a tickler to entice us to work on flourishing around the globe. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jim. So make sure you check them out online, hopeinternational.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace hits our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.